0: welcome to the wealth experience podcast series where our subject matter experts provide the latest updates on what's happening in the world around us brought to you by bmo private wealth hello everyone my name is and i'm a senior vice president national sales manager with bmo private wealth today i'm here with leslie marks chief investment officer and head of investment management private wealth leslie through this ambiguous time, we're looking for your thoughts and guidance on asset management, how you think things will play out. So I'm gonna jump in with my first question. Part of your role is to look at the economy and the markets, uh, all asset classes, cash, fixed income, bonds, equities, and rank them according to your preferences. So in this environment, what would you say are the key drivers to look at when you're comparing the relative outlook for asset classes?
1: Thank you, Sylvain. Great to chat with you today. We have a framework that we use when we're looking at the relative outlook for asset classes. There are four factors that we look at. The first is the economic backdrop. Obviously, economic growth drives earnings and interest rates, which are the key drivers for how asset classes like stocks and bonds perform. The second is policy. Policy includes monetary policy set by our central bankers, that includes things like interest rate setting and asset purchases, but also fiscal policy, which is extremely important in today's environment. The third is valuation, and in particular, relative valuation. For example, today we have near zero interest rates, while dividend yields are in the 3 to 4% range for broad indices. And finally, and certainly not least important, would be sentiment. Sentiment is so important because it is important to understand uh, the willingness of investors to put their money into an asset class. For example, a few weeks ago, we saw a clear lack of willingness to invest in investment-grade credit, even though valuation was extremely compelling as interest rate spreads had widened
0: to extreme levels. Fantastic. In this environment that we're in with with COVID-19, It's a different environment. And so does that change a little bit the playbook here? Well, our our playbook doesn't change in the sense that those are still the four
1: factors driving asset class performance. But we do emphasize certain of those factors over others, and we de-emphasize them. So on the economy, obviously, we know we have very little visibility on how things will play out with COVID and how long we're going to be in the current state of economic shutdown. So hinging our decision-making on a view of the economy would not be prudent nor easy at this point in time. Similarly, with valuation, earnings are uh, extremely volatile right now and, and uncertain through this period. In fact, most companies are taking the approach to pull guidance for this year. So our focus is really on policy policy, both monetary and fiscal, has created enhanced liquidity to ensure that markets can function in order to build a bridge to cover the gap of the economic slowdown. We're also focused on fund flows because fund flows, which is sort of a subset of sentiment, have been extreme. We've seen record fund flows out of bonds, for example, in March, and particularly investment grade, I'll use that example again, um, but other credit products as well, into cash. So that creates future
0: demand uh, for purchases of money that is sitting on the sideline. Interesting. And so to change the outlook a little bit, I would suggest from from medical, perhaps, to to earnings and economics, uh, this week is, is Q1 earnings season. Uh, it's clearly hard to estimate earnings, I think, in the current climate. How would and how should investors decide if stock prices are attractive if you can't really rely on the earnings outlook anymore? Absolutely. I think you're 100% right. I mentioned the lack of visibility
1: in, in earnings and, and um, companies pulling guidance. And, hey, if CEOs of companies can't predict their own earnings, uh, certainly we can't step in there and, and do that um, in, to replace their ability to provide guidance. But we can take some comfort in backward-looking valuation metrics, such as trailing price-to-earnings. This helps us understand the earnings potential for companies if we believe that at some point our economy will return or recover to pre-COVID levels. Now, of course, that's a big if, because there will be some companies and industries which will have trouble Uh, Returning to pre-COVID levels, such as those in the leisure and entertainment industry, anywhere where you see big crowds, I think in the next two years it will be problematic to resume pre-COVID levels. But we have other metrics that we can look to, such as tangible valuation metrics, such as price to book, which assesses asset values. Now, some in some cases, that can be a little bit more difficult to assess as well because as our economy has moved more towards services or the use of intangibles because of the role of technology in our economy, that has made uh, valuing on an asset value or book value a little bit
0: more challenging,
1: but it certainly does give us a floor to look at when looking at valuing
0: companies. Interesting. And so you speak about uh, the floor. Um, You must have a base case uh, or a more likely scenario that you would expect to play out here. Uh, So can you speak about that and perhaps expand on on what some of the risks uh, might be around that scenario and and your expectations?
1: Yes, yes. So I think I alluded to the importance of policy, monetary and, and fiscal. And I think you have to imagine a bridge being built over this gaping river, which is is the situation we're in today, which is a complete lockdown of our economies, And the policymakers have basically committed to build that bridge to get us to to the other side. So our base case is that they will be successful at bridging the gap in this economic shutdown. And once we begin to reduce the current measures in place, the market will turn back to the fundamentals of what that recovery looks like. Today, we're not really trading on fundamentals. We're really trading more on sentiment and people's views around how uh, this COVID environment will impact them personally, but also the economy. We think that the risk to that scenario is, I guess, it's fairly obvious, um, which is that You know, again, go back to the visual of the bridge over the river, that the bridge doesn't quite make it to to the other side. I think today our expectation is that this current shutdown or economic shutdown that we're in um, is a two to three month environment. But if we see the shutdown taking materially longer than that, it's going to be more difficult to get that bridge successfully to the other side. And this really delays uh, the resumption of economic activity. The second risk, of course, is that we uh, do start to come back online and then experience another outbreak, which pushes us back into the extreme measures again.
0: Interesting. And and, uh, my last question would be for advice. Uh, You've experienced, I think, in your career, uh, both bull and bear markets. It's not the first time that we've seen market volatility like this. Perhaps the reasons are different uh, every time. But what advice could you give to clients who are watching this market bounce around um, violently at at times and the volatility is higher uh, and and that causes emotion and sometimes folks are looking to uh, move to the sideline and and try to uh, avoid this volatility. What kind of advice would you propose uh, in this environment?
1: Yeah and you're absolutely right, I mean emotions are are really running high right now. We are in an unprecedented time and this is a unique situation because remember how this all started was not um, about something happening in the economy or, or the market. We were really in this great Goldilocks scenario pre-COVID, and then all of a sudden we had an external or an exogenous shock come into play that really impacted not just financial markets. I mean, financial markets were really the second um, part of the story here. It really impacted people's concerns about their own personal health, and it crossed the whole population, not even just segments of, of the population. So we find ourselves certainly in a unique uncertain time that is, is nothing that any of us have experienced before because there is the health piece layered on and then layered on top of that now has now become that economic or financial piece as well. But at the end of the day, we still come back to the importance of discipline around investing. And I think I want to emphasize here that market timing strategies rarely work out because you have to be right on the exit, but also on the re-entry. So we strongly advise against trying to time the markets. Also, changes to portfolios are best done when there is a change in your own situation, such as your goals, time horizon or risk tolerance, not a change in the market environment. And then my final uh, nugget of advice is talk to your advisor. They are the ones that can guide you through what is happening in the
0: market and what is the best approach for your personal circumstances. Fantastic words of advice, Leslie. Thank you so much for your time and your perspective today. I know you're being pulled in a thousand different ways for for your comments and you've been a wonderful contributor. And to our clients listening, Uh, Thank you, and speak to your advisor, as Leslie was mentioning, uh, at the time uh, of your questions. I'm a firm believer that knowledge is power, and in times like these, it's also a sense of comfort to have somebody to speak to. So thank you for taking some time to listen and the trust you have placed in us. Have a wonderful day, and thank you again, Leslie. Thank you so much. This podcast series has been brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Please join us again.